Welcome to Teach Talks, a podcast from your friends at Teaching Channel. I'm Paul O, and today we're talking with Australian educator Stephen Elford, a former secondary math and science teacher and currently virtual learning coach. Stephen is with us as part of our Teaching and Learning with Minecraft series. Stephen, a Minecraft global mentor, has presented on Minecraft numerous times, so I think we're in really good hands today. If you want to listen to the entire Minecraft series, check out our Teach Talks page at teachingchannel.org. Welcome, Stephen. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me today. It's great. Wonderful. And I, I gave a brief uh, summary of, of, your, of your illustrious career. <laughs> so I'm wondering if there's anything else you'd like our audience to know about you. Um, yeah, probably, like, Stephen Elford isn't really my online name. I, online, I go by the name Edu Elfie, um, and have been part of the sort of Minecraft and education community since 2011. Um, I've been sharing my experiences of incorporating Minecraft into my classroom on my blog, warts and all, uh, to help others understand what this kind of journey into, into incorporating something like Minecraft does to your classroom and does to your mental state, I guess, and to your teaching practice. Um, I really enjoy the play-based learning that incorporating Minecraft allowed me to get into my classroom, and I really really relish helping other teachers start that journey um, because it, it's it's changing it's it's changing the way you practice it's changing the way you think and it's it's a it's a great journey to be on that's wonderful uh, so today we're focusing on minecraft and engagement um, and I'm wondering why does engagement matter for you Stephen with your practice well as a teacher, if you don't have the students engaged in what you're doing, you're not actually teaching them anything. Um, if they're not uh, working with you and they're working against you, then you're losing out. You're wasting time. So if we can increase student engagement with what we're doing, we're increasing student learning, we're increasing student outcomes, and we're creating those, those people that we want in our community um, when they're adults. I think if you, yeah, if you don't get engagement, you don't get anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a great point. And so I'm just wondering, in what ways have you seen engagement increase uh, by your use of Minecraft with your students? It's, it's really interesting. Um, you've put a game like Minecraft into your classroom and straight away you've leapt that massive engagement barrier for students. They're, they're immediately going, hang on a minute, this is something different, this is something new. Um, and they're wanting to be there. And the advantage that Minecraft has over some of the other educational games um, and the purely educational games is that students play this at home. So they already know a whole heap about it and they're already going, oh yeah, I, I can do this and I can do this. Um, so by doing that, you're already leaping that uh, maths again or uh, science again or, or whatever the students are studying at the time. Um, and they're going, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to give this a go. And then you as the teacher have the opportunity to really leverage that and um, do some amazing things with your classroom and your students. Yeah, I, I, I guess I have the assumption that for most teachers, their students would be uh, by and large familiar with Minecraft. So I'm curious, what, what would you say is the percentage of your students who over the years uh, have already been uh, well-versed in Minecraft or have been exposed to the game? Um, all right, so I taught at a school when I started my Minecraft 
journey. I taught at a school of about 300, 350 kids. And I reckon back in 2011, I had less than 10 students who were familiar with the game. So I taught there until 2015. And by the time I got to 2015 and I was teaching students, I would say that probably 60 to 70, possibly even 80% of the students I was teaching had experienced Minecraft and, and played it at home. So it was really interesting, that shift in my community, in my school community, um, and how many students took up playing Minecraft and went home and bought it after I started it in my classroom. Now that's very different today because I think you're looking at sort of possibly 80 to 90% of students in your classroom already knowing something about Minecraft, um, possibly being quite proficient at playing it. So it's a bit of a different yeah, bit of a different community out there now, which is, it's good. It's really good. It's a positive thing, not, not a negative thing at all. Wonderful. And so what do you do, Stephen, within Minecraft to support your students' learning? Well, I, being a math science teacher, I was into a lot of simulations and experiments. Um, so I did things on experimenting with Minecraft's gravity physics um, and then comparing that to, to real life gravity physics and, and having that discussion with students. Um, we did collecting data within Minecraft so that we could use it and manipulate that in, in my math classes. Um, you can graph in Minecraft, you can do simple simulations, like we did a simulation um, where the students were molecules in solid liquids and gases and we sort of um, constrained the students into a solid shape and then allowed them to be a liquid shape and then gave them um, the opportunity to be a gaseous state uh, so it it yeah there's a lot of a lot of things you can do and that's just sort of things I've done I'm not a, a, an English teacher but there's a whole heap of writing um, associated with Minecraft be that creative narrative or reflective journaling um, at some stage I managed to teach humanities or geography uh, you guys might call it um, so I taught my students in Minecraft what contour maps meant and how to create them and, and stuff like that so there's there's a whole heap of things you can do within Minecraft to support learning. The most important thing is beginning. I love that. And so what, uh, how would you say teachers uh, could leverage the student knowledge of the game that you described? Uh, what, what are the ways in which you think uh, teachers would best take advantage of the fact that students uh, and so many kids and young people who we are working with have already gain some familiarity and in some cases, as you said, are proficient with the game. So if you had have asked me this two years ago, I would have said teachers need to be in control and teachers need to play. Teachers need to go and learn to play the game so that they understand what is happening within their classroom and they can get really solid, worthwhile learning experiences out of what they're doing in the classroom. Um, now I'm sort of Yes, I, think, I still think teachers should go and play and, and learn how to play the game so that they're better equipped to handle what's happening in the classroom. But we have so many student experts out there that we should be utilising their expertise to help us educate others. So you can get students to, um, how would you demonstrate this? You go and spend an hour explaining um, how you would demonstrate this in Minecraft or building this in Minecraft. Um, or how could we teach this to another class in Minecraft? 
or something like that. So giving the students that opportunity to use Minecraft as a platform to demonstrate their learning or to create a learning experience for others, I think is where some real value can be found now. Um, so yeah, definitely asking the students to support you, whether that's supporting you in learning the game or whether that's supporting you in creating learning experience within the game, um, either way I think is, is a really good way to go. And was that process at all scary for you, uh, this idea that uh, you are not the person who has all the wisdom, all the knowledge uh, at the front of the classroom, but this idea that um, your students are the ones who uh, hold the sort of the locus of knowledge? It, it, it wasn't so much of an issue for me. I think, um, I'll be honest, I was the expert in my classroom with Minecraft, particularly early on. The students weren't the experts. Um, it was definitely me doing it. Since then, that has changed. I keep up with the game. I keep playing the game. I know what the features are in the game, and I leverage them in my classroom. But I think that that willingness to let go and, and allow yourself not to be the expert is definitely a key uh, a key thing that needs to change in education. We're no longer, um, educators are no longer the source of all information. You know, Google is, let's be honest. <laughs> I can find anything I want from the internet in about a second. Um, the real skill I need as a person in this current information world is working out whether that information is valid or not. And that's where teachers come in. So we're no longer providing students with the information. We're now teaching them how to interpret the information, how to critically reflect on the information, and maybe even adjust or add to that information. So I think being able to say, no, I don't know everything, um, and being willing to learn from our students is a very important step. And it's, it's a tricky one. It's not an easy one at all, particularly for the teachers that have been around a while. You know, So, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that that is a, a critical skill to learn. So another question that, that I have, uh, I, I'm wondering how, and you touched upon this a little bit when, I believe, when you talked about modeling. So maybe you can get into some particular examples, but I'm wondering how doing things in Minecraft helps students make real-life connections. Um, and I think if you could give some, some examples, I think that would really be helpful to our audience. Okay, so one of the, my very first lesson in November of 2011 um, was a neurotransmitter demonstration. So demonstrating to my, what was it, year nine slash 10, so what's that, 15, 16 year old students how neurotransmitters work in the human body. Um, now that lesson is on YouTube and it is, I look back at it now and I cringe with how terrible it is, but it was the start of a journey. And what that allowed me to do was really have an in-depth discussion with students. So while we did something in Minecraft and it took 20 minutes of my lesson, the half-hour discussion that came after that about how that related to the human body and how it related to real life and how it was different to real life was one of the most valuable learning experience I've ever managed to deliver to a classroom. So I think no matter what you do, and I'll share some more um, examples shortly but no matter what you do it's the discussion you have with students about how this applies to real life or how it is different to real life um, or what they learned by doing that or getting them to reflect on 
how, what process they went through to get there. All of those sorts of um, good teaching practices work just as well in Minecraft as any other environment as such. So if you're getting students to reflect on the learning journey they've had in your classroom, that's just as powerful in Minecraft. But it's that that discussion and, and that that I valued with my students, that discussion about how what we did compared and contrasted to, to the real world. Um, and it's really interesting that uh, I got to teach, the, you know, the unwritten curriculum. I don't know if you guys in, in the States talk about that as much. Um, but the, the social learning that's not strictly written into any curriculum, at least in Australia, um, I really got the opportunity to do a lot of that um, digital citizenship stuff that doesn't formally get taught. And it's, it's reality for the kids. When they're online in Minecraft, that's who they are. That's what they're doing. And when things go wrong, it, it affects them. And it allows students to really see that, that impacting on someone in the virtual world impacts on that same person in the reality world, or the real world, I should say, and, and allows them to sort of learn from that experience that, that people online are real people behind the screen and what we do does affect them. So that unwritten curriculum sort of was an interplay through all of my lessons, and it was really good. So I shared before about teaching students how to do contour maps. Um, and so what, what I struggled with when I was a, what was it, a year seven geography student was understanding what contour maps meant and, and how they're used and what they're useful for. Um, so I'm like, okay, I live on a floodplain, which is dead flat. There's no mountain, no hill, no nothing that I could, you know, go on an excursion or a field trip with my students and, and map out or anything. How can I realistically explain to students how contour maps are formed, what they mean and how we use them? So I created a, a mountain in Minecraft and I explained to the students that I wanted them to create a contour map and how we were going to go about that. Um, and then we did that. So there's a time lapse of that on my YouTube channel and it's, it's amazing. The kids do amazing work. And then we go back later and we draw a contour map and get them to create the mountain that's associated with that contour map. And then about a week later, I went into my classroom and I just drew a, a contour map on the board and said, okay, we're going to climb this mountain here. How, how are you going to climb it? Where are you going to start? And why are you going to take the path you're going to take? And what was really valuable for me as a teacher, having not been geography trained and struggled with this in my own schooling, um, students come up and said, well, I would start here and I would travel along this path because that has the least slope. Hmm. And then another student would come up and they'd say, well, I would start over here and I would go here because that's the shortest distance. So they got it. So I'm sitting there going, holy cow, <laughs> in, in sort of one, one hour session in Minecraft, the students had fully understood what a contour map was and how to apply it to real life. It's a win. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, of course. It's, it was it was huge. And and sort of, again, this whole Minecraft thing has been a massive journey. And, and what you start with is not what you end with. So towards, towards the latter part of my journey so far, 
you know, we've been doing um, experiments on gravity within Minecraft. So the students would be dropping things from height and measuring the time it takes and, and all of that sort of stuff, and then working out whether Minecraft actually has terminal velocity hmm. and what does terminal velocity mean. Um, and is, is Minecraft physics the same as real-world physics in terms of the acceleration of objects as they fall? What's gravity in Minecraft? Is it 9.8 like it is in the real world? You know, so those connections that we can make with what they know in Minecraft, they know sand falls, they know gravel falls. Do they understand why things fall in the real world if we compare it with Minecraft? I think, I think it gives them something solid to draw upon to improve their knowledge. Has that answered that question officially, or do you want some more examples? <laughs> no, that, that is fantastic, and it, it makes me curious to investigate this question of terminal velocity in, in Minecraft, in the Minecraft world. Uh, oh, so. There's so much to explore. It's, it's, just, it's just getting the opportunity to do it. Sure. One thing that I want to uh, pick up on that you mentioned, uh, this idea of digital citizenship, I think one thing that uh, educators, perhaps, or those unfamiliar with Minecraft may not uh, realize, and um, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about this, is the degree to which Minecraft is a community. Uh, so it's not just simply a tool that you individualistically can use to build, although I suppose that is definitely possible. Um, but it seems like there's a huge social component to Minecraft and, and, and this uh, community-oriented perspective that um, I suppose your students um, must need to take on. And so I'm wondering if you talk a little bit about that. Well, yeah, there is a massive community around Minecraft and more specifically around Minecraft and education as well. But I'm, I've been a, a, a member of the Minecraft community for coming up seven, eight, nine years or something like that. <laughs> like it's, and I've, I mean, I've been a gamer my whole life. So I've played computer games sort of since I was very young. Um, and I've never been a part of an online community like the Minecraft community. Um, it's, uh, to, to give you some background, when, when, the, when the game was first released, there were no instructions. Um, you just had to, to go about, and it's not too dissimilar today, there are no instructions within the game. Um, so you've got to go somewhere else to look for that information. And the Minecraft community was created around the sharing of found knowledge. Um, and that's what sort of started that community and the, the massive um, community of YouTubers that do Minecraft stuff um, and sharing how to create this or look at this neat thing I can build or even just playing the game and talking about random things as they do so. Um, but aside from that, if you choose to go um, in single player mode within your own classroom, you'll still have students sharing that knowledge, sharing information, likely ducking around the room and having a look at what everyone else is doing. Um, but even better if you choose to go down the multiplayer path and have several students online in the same world at the same time, you do really get that, that social learning happening and then students um, learn very quickly what is acceptable and what is not. So one, one summer school program, um, so as the year winds down, again, I don't know whether the American system is the same, as the year winds down and formal classes finish, we do what's called 
um, a summer program over here. So it's still formal school, but it's a bit more relaxed in terms of what we do. So I ran this session in Minecraft uh, where students had to work as a team. They had a limited amount of lives as a team to survive. Um, and really, really quickly, students would learn to support one another to help the whole group survive for longer because as soon as they ran out of lives, the world would lock up and we'd have to restart. So the first, I think the first, the first time we started, I think they lasted no more than five minutes. So that's a group of 20 kids, five lives in the class. They lasted five minutes, so they lost a life a minute. By the end of, of that sort of hour-long session, we were running sort of 20-minute worlds before the lives would be lost kind of thing. And that's because students were helping one another. Students had realised that by supporting one another in their journeys that they could work together and play longer. So, yeah, that online, online learning um, and that digital citizenship stuff is, particularly if you go down the multiplayer path, is inbuilt and you get some really solid um, teaching opportunities out of it. Um, so, yeah, really recommend having a, having a go at it and joining a community if you can. Great. So we're coming to the end here, and I'm wondering, Stephen, uh, so you described yourself as a lifelong gamer. I'm wondering, for those teachers who are listening, who are really interested in what you described, uh, really interested in the pedagogy, interested in um, perhaps uh, trying to figure out Minecraft, leveraging the engagement of students that is so high with Minecraft, uh, what, what would be your one quick tip? for those teachers, how they might get started? Where would you, where would you point them to? <laughs> Again, my first thing would be to say go and play, mm -hmm. at least, uh, yeah. But the other thing is there is a whole, and, and I'm one of them, uh, there's a whole group of Minecraft mentors available on the Minecraft education site. Um, you can find one local to you uh, and begin a discussion with them around how it might apply in your classroom. Um, otherwise, yeah, definitely go and play. Go to your students and ask them if they would like to use it and what they could see being value added to your classroom with it. Um, sort of any of those three paths would support you. Um, YouTube, again, if you want to see some of the lessons I've talked about, they are on my YouTube channel, which I think will be shared along with this podcast. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> but um, there are... There is a massive community of Minecraft educators out there, and if you're looking for someone to support you with your journey, then grabbing your local Minecraft global mentor would be a really good port of call. Wonderful. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I, I know that I, for one, have learned a lot and really eager to, uh, to start my own journey in Minecraft. Uh, so thank you, and thanks to all of you who have been listening. No, thank you, everyone, and uh, thank you for your time, and enjoy. Just start. Start your journey today. Love it. Okay. Good night, everyone.